You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Well, hey there. Thanks for downloading this episode of the 9ES. If you enjoy, please share it with a friend. This is the 9to5 Entertainment System. We talk about all of the best things that are happening in the world right now. What do we talk about, John? Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. (laughs) (laughs) Then we follow up with The Wizard of Oz. Wizards for Real in 2018, Ready Player One, Strangers 2, Pray at Night, A Quiet Place by John Krasinski, Hereditary, Blockers, The Connor Show at UFC, Jessica Jones 2, Alias Grace, and the wonderful board game Gloomhaven. Don't forget to vote for 9to5.cc and the 9ES on Cult Montreal's Best of Montreal. Voting ends on Sunday. Vote now. John, yeah, I have a pretty important question. Is it is or is or is it not Paul Blart related? It, it really isn't Paul Blart related. I feel you're very excited to talk about. Paul I'm Blart. so excited about <laughs> talking about Paul Blart guys. Okay, so John. listen, okay, so <laughs> we're gonna make this nice and quick because okay. this is what we're leading with. So, so there's a sequel to Paul Blart. Yes, there's a second one. Paul Blart. Mo- no, it's Small Cop Two. Okay, Paul Blart. but anyway, the thing we're isn't talking it like Get Blart Two or something like I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. I didn't watch the whole movie. Unfortunately, I'm doing this with like I'm a, I'm, I watched somebody's YouTube video about the subject, and now I'm okay. going to relate it to you. But I'm, I'm going to credit the, the okay. So if you if you Google up Blart side of the mall, okay, mm. you will realize that somebody noticed that the second Paul Blart movie syncs up absolutely perfectly with Dark Side of the Moon. And you know, you always hear about this kind of thing. Such and such movie lines up like whatever like, Wizard of Oz. There's yeah, like yeah. all these classic ones. But um, I don't think they've ever really done it very well. And so this was interesting to me, not only because of the artistry involved with the scenario, but because it really did seem to sync up in, in like in spectacular ways. So much so that I wrote down some of them. So I'd like to share them with you okay. in this moment. This is an exciting lead topic, everybody. It when is. did this movie come out? Hang on. <laughs> I think it was last year. Like This is Paul <laughs> okay. Blart 2. Okay. It's the no, second one. It's been one, a little right? while. Yeah, I'm sure it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it might have been 13, but... <laughs> okay. Anyway, so here's number one. Is you know you know the song Money, right? Right. Okay. So yeah, it's a classic. Okay. So in the, as the song winds up to a climax, right? There's the crazy long saxophone kind of thing. And right. in the in this in the movie, when what's going on is he's running around this thing shopping for for guns to like upgrade his mall cop whatever armory. Yep. And you know at the end of the at the end of the song, it's like down 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 down. So like it's like a breakdown. So there's four beats to that breakdown, and there's a guy who shoots. He's like demoing the gun that Paul Blart is about to buy, and the four shots sync up with the so perfectly. One, two, three, four. Kind of like a baby driver situation, right? There's, <laughs> okay, so this is like baby driver, but with Dark Side of the Moon. And to Paul Blart too. Paul which Blart was not the too. Intention. I'll do one more. So there's, <laughs> there's this. Okay, the the movie is called on, or the song is called On the Run. Right. It's the really like long, long yeah, one yeah. with the the female vocalist at the end. So he does or not. Not the female, but it's like long and like a like a kind of like wavy kind of piece. Paul Blart does like a dance on a Segway to it, where he's like like a fat guy doing like a like a, a hippopotamus Segway dance, dance to right. the thing, and it's uh, absolutely perfect. Anyway, Blart side of the mall, <laughs> absolutely perfect. <laughs> I could just go on, but I don't think that I'm going to convey any better than I already have how amazing this is. You really just like the the video is like 15 minutes, and it shows clips from like seriously 15 or 20 different scenes where they all seem to line up, and it shows the movie with the with the sound on top of it, That's and so even cool. it loops around right because the the album isn't the full length of the movie so you got to listen to the album twice and on the second sync up he's doing another shopping scene for money you know yeah. like the, the second tunes th- like the first instance actually synchronizes with something going on in the second instance of it so it's it's pretty so amazing the question is right with a film like Paul Blart especially like these crappy comedies they, yeah. I, like I know for a fact that like the production of them they usually end up with these like massive like two and a half hour cuts because there's a lot of improv a lot of jokes a lot of whatever yeah so then like what the shape of the final movie is really down to just like the editing team. Yep. So was the editing team just like guys? Like let's let's just like let's just try for it. Well, you know what I mean. Like I, I actually, Kevin think James does not improv. He sticks to scripts. <laughs> He's like Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray and Ghostbusters only. Uh, no, you don't fuck around with that. <laughs> Especially not in the sequel. He knew what the cash cow was. All right. Well, I think that's the thing is that this was like an like an a, a, a good, like an atrocity launched from Hollywood's <laughs> turd cannon. So yeah. it's like there's nothing good about this. But it, would, but it would just it would take only like a couple dudes in well, the editing room it. to be like, we, <laughs> we have these scenes and we just cut these these shots to fit this, you know. Yeah. And then it's not that I don't know. Maybe it's a lot of work around that. I don't know. I mean, it's it's quite a bit of work. It but is. like, but so is editing a film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like when you get into that like zone of like long editing days, you're like. Guys, you know what would make this kind of maybe more interesting for us? Because at the end of the day, we're editing together Paul Blart 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So speaking of The Wizard of Oz, I learned something cool about that movie this week. Okay. Just like a fun little factoid. I'm excited. Do you know the scene where she opens the door to her farmhouse and walks through it and it's all rainbow colored? Yep. How do you think they did that scene? By hand? Painting the cell? Yeah. Right. See, that's what I thought too. Okay. And it's absolutely wrong. Huh. Because Technicolor... They, 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 cut, they cut the film with the color film? No. They painted everything on the inside of the farmhouse. Sepia. Including, including a body double that goes to open the door and then steps very quickly out of scene so a full-color Judy Garland can walk through the door into the full-color world. Huh. I mean, Isn't that cool? It is cool, but I'm like, I don't know, I'm wondering, like, that, that what's scene, it easier? <laughs> rather than, than splicing the cameras together? Or by painting yeah. it all Because all of the yeah. color wasn't painted. Technicolor is in a film development yeah. process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So there was no way to, like paint the cells color or sepia. Yeah. Huh. Huh. It was just easier to paint everything in the farmhouse and Judy Garland's body double sepia. Hmm. Like, it's always they, fun to see that stuff happening. I love it when like, you, you like see the sh- composite shots where it's like half the, sh- half the shot is a painting that's right up against the camera and yeah, then yeah. the other half... Oh. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. Movie magic. I mm-hmm. thought it was cool. Like Star Wars. Uh, they, they smushed Vaseline on the... On the camera, whatever, underneath the speeder. To not show to, the, to, the, to the not show the, like, the arm underneath the speeder. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So the thing happened to me this morning, guys. I was talking to John about this. So the, they shut off the water on my street for eight hours or ten hours or whatever. Now there's a boil water advisory. They're doing work on the water pipes. Sure. That's not what's important. What's important is going to work this morning, I saw a man with the two little metal dowsing rods walking around on the street and doing his little dowsing rod thing and then, like, kind of spray-painting X's here and there. A slight correction. This yeah. morning you saw a wizard. A wizard. Yes, because it, it's specifically in French. Like, in French, it's sorcière. Like, it's a sort... <laughs> like, like, the French word for, like, a water dowser Is a sorcière. Is a sorcière. Like, it's literally in his job title. He's a wizard. So, mm-hmm. is that, like... We're in 2018, and we still, like... City-employed magicians are finding water <laughs> in our streets. Is there any science behind dowsing? I don't think whatsoever? so. Whatsoever? And I, I do believe that this is probably a scam, that there's, like, friends of family who get d- these cushy-ass wizard jobs, and they, <laughs> their job is to show up and wave a wand and then yeah. get fucking 60 I remember, grand of our like, I remember dollars. an old sketch, not even a sketch, like, it was, like, a Sesame Street or something thing, because I saw it a mm-hmm. couple times as a kid, where there was, like, the old-school dowsing rod, the, the whatever, and it was, like, educating kids about dowsing as though it was a real thing. And I was like, has anyone... Is it a real thing, Scott? No, it's not a real thing. Then we I, have... I know my dad dollars, hired we're one. We're paying for yeah. wizards. I remember. We were up at your... Yeah, my dad hired one for the cottage, and he found a well, and he... Like, some other people were pointing to another place. He pointed to a spot, and we have insane water pressure. Like, even for other people on the lake, we have good water pressure. Yeah. Our, our wizard was good. Hey, you know what? As far as um, so municipal weird. tax dollars, at least that guy was working, and he wasn't just, like, <laughs> leaning up against the truck, <laughs> you know? Idly waving around his dousing rod. Yeah. He was walking around doing his job. It's so weird. That's way better. I mean, I used to work right downtown at Cabot Square. Right. And they would rip up that intersection every two years. <laughs> just like, not every other season. You know? just, just like, hey, we need to fix the sewers. Oh, now we've got to put in new phone lines. Oh, we've got to go change this thing. Like, fuck, guys, get your shit together and stop repaving that street. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, I also I'm, I'm going to share. I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit for our listeners. Are I need we? to go and do some real quick math while you guys talk because for some reason the default settings on the new recording is counting in s- minutes, seconds. Uh-huh. I'm not exactly sure, so I need to figure out math. Because look, check this out. Okay, guys. so why don't we instead move on Help to another subject? No, I, I need help. Every five seconds it counts up, so I need to divide a bunch to know how long we've been talking. Uh-huh. Just carry on. Go. Okay, so this weekend we saw Ready Player One, the new Steven Spielberg film. I didn't. You didn't. Me and, me and Keith did. But you though. read the book, yeah, though, Scott. I did read the book. Yeah. We're going to spoil the movie, though, Scott. Are we going to? I mean, yeah. I don't know. If, is there anything to spoil? There is. Okay, so here's sure. what I mean. Like, I have things. I have things and thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you let us talk amongst ourselves. Yeah. So did math. Just carry on. <laughs> well, he said, are we going to spoil it? And I was like, I, I feel uh. there's, there's no way to meaningfully talk about it without spoiling it. Because we know what the movie is. We've yeah. all read the book. We definitely talked about the book with the spoilers of the book story. Sure. And the overall story of the movie is... Not spoilable. Like, there's, there's nothing the happens in it's it. A, but yeah. it's also the same as the book. Like, Is it? The, the overarching story is the boy goes into the computer world, then he cracks the billionaire's code, and, and then he becomes, becomes a billionaire. And, and he gets the girl. Okay. And he... Scott, do you have questions about it before we go in? I mean, does he go into the temple of... Tomb of Horrors? Nope, there's no Tomb of Horrors. They replaced it with um, a Mario Kart. What? 
Well, yeah, kind of. I kind of got the, the the sort of feeling a little bit more that the um, the shining stuff was a little bit more. No, I thought the tone. the shining stuff was more like because he goes into war games in the book. Oh yeah, that right. Like the, the, the movie scene. recreation stuff, he goes into war games and he also goes into. Hey, it's, uh, it's a gauntlet, right? That that gets replaced with the car game. I guess. Well, but they, not well, gauntlet. I, I, um, what's it called? Uh, joust. I suppose. Right, because yeah, yeah. they're playing joust at the end yeah, of the first one. Yeah, he plays joust the the, against the Surrey. So instead of the joust, which was pretty fucking okay, awesome. Okay, so instead of Tomb of Horrors and joust, what's the first key? Mario Kart. No. Basically. It's, it's, no, it's a stupid CG. It's like, imagine if you don't know anything about video games, and you're like, I just want the biggest, craziest fucking cars on the screen all at the same time, going as fast as they can go and spinning all over the place. And then you had a bucket, and in the bucket was liquid Steven Spielberg. So that, like, none of the impacts really feel real. They all have that, like, glitzy 80s action movie Indiana Jones kind of feel Everybody's to power yeah. sliding every turn. Everything. King Kong is there. And everything's shiny and clean, even when it's dirty. It's like that. You spill that bucket all over the, the, the race. Okay. It looks great, though. It, like, I mean, it looked wait, like a big So how CG. did you get there first? He just kind of starts driving. That's Artemis? like Well, no, but how does he get there first? So Tomb of Horrors is him and Artemis are the first ones and only ones there. Yeah, and then he starts playing Joust and wins well, the key. They, they, yeah, okay. So, so here are the here are the big spoilers. Yeah. The setup the setup of the film is that one of the gates was already opened. Like a random gunter found a gate, so and the gate loads up this race. So all the gunters already know about the race. Nobody's ever won, uh, and King Kong kills you before you get to the finish line every single time. No one's figured out. Like it's rare to make it to the finish line, and if you do, King Kong King. kills you. Yeah, and. Then, but there's like a code to be like if there, there's like in the uh, in the clue that unlocked the first gate. They're like to go forward, you need to look back. So you have to drive backwards. He, he drives backwards and then basically get, ends up going under the level, so we can just race under the level. Which is the dumbest fucking thing in the but world. But I also called bu- yeah. I called bullshit on that immediately in the, in the movie theater. I even like called bullshit on it so much that I needed to like lean over to John and call bullshit because I was like, what kind of a video game player doesn't try going the other way at the beginning of the level? Like that's like you slam the thing in a reverse. You mean, no, but just also when you're playing a video game, like when you start with Mario, you try going left before you go right. Like as a platformer, like you do it every time. I mean, even even if it's not the first time, it's going to be you do the it third eventually. or fourth. You're going to do it eventually. You're just going to try going backwards. In fact, you do it for fun. We used to play Daytona, and, and like when we played Eight Man Daytona, virtually yeah. every time one person was going the wrong way, yeah. the whole way through the and then race. You're like, ah, and you yeah. see him like backing up at you and you like, try to dodge. Exactly. Him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, driving backwards on the course. Like it's thing- very silly. Yeah, very yeah. silly. Anyway, so. Things I liked about it. Well, hold on. Let's keep, do Wait the whole plot. So we got to keep going. The so then, as soon as he does that driving backwards thing, he gets the key, and then everyone else gets the key. Well, yeah, Art- the Artemis, very next race. Well, yeah. no, not essentially, because he he starts all the way at the back, and everybody just like takes off, and he waits a second. But he's like, only Artemis looked back, so Artemis gets it second, and then like it's like very quickly, everybody else gets the key. So that's garbage. It takes away everything special about the five. They're still the first five. Yeah, but they're instantly 10,000. Yeah, and they also didn't really have to do anything. They just had to drive backwards <clears throat> through this track. Yeah. Like, any asshole could have done that. Whereas in the book, you had to actually have skills. You had to have learned how to play this crazy fucking hard game from a million years ago. Yeah. And beat, like, somebody in it, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I, don't I know. mean, like, the the crazy thing was, like, finding the Tomb of Horrors. Yeah. And then knowing and then what it was. Knowing then, what it was, and then... Yeah. Then being able to walk through it because everything in the Tomb of Horrors kills you. Right. <laughs> like... So you, yeah, and then so, winning joust. But okay, so we're done with just, the race. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, then, yeah, exactly. Yay, Jade Key. Yeah, he get, he gets the key, and like it's there's no gates are as soon as you have the key, you basically seem to unlock the next gate, and then kind of yeah. So like the challenges just seem to open up right away. So there's really only like three challenges. Yeah. What is the second challenge? Isn't it when they go to the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Shining. So the second house is they go into the. So Shining. they walk into a perfect reproduction of the Outlook Hotel from The Shining, like yeah. immaculate, like they're walking around in the movie. And that it's was very cool. cool. It's very, yeah. very cool. Like that looks like perfect. The CG also, the CG looks very good. Like there's so much of it. It looks CG-ish. Yeah. Like it's, it's not trying to look human, but they still look like every. The models look incredible. Like uh, of the house and The Shining. Yeah, but also I'm saying the characters and stuff. Like even though they look oh. like CG people, it's like. I don't know. It looks... Steven Spielberg's not going to put out a thing that looks crappy. Yeah, but what did he fucking do here? Like, he showed up and directed the actors for seven minutes of real screen, and then was like, fuck it, and let the animators figure the rest out. No, they were all, bo- uh, like, they were all body doubles. Like... They, in the in the flight scenes? Yeah, like, in, in Oasis, they're all mocapped and stuff. Right, but then... So you have the act... Okay, so he's directing the actors doing the mocap? Yeah. Interesting. Stangley style. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I, it felt a little... A little uh, 
Well, okay, you know. So anyway, and then the third key is uh, they need to like get into this big old castle and then play, figure out which Atari Twenty Six Hundred game to play, and then and how specifically to how to play it. Yeah, and it's uh, they get it, they play Adventure because Adventure is the game with the first uh, Easter egg, first Easter egg in it. Right. Yeah, yeah like so that's from the book. Adventure is a big. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. pretty cool that they they tied kind of like the tie in. Yeah. So things I I liked about it were the clues themselves were based a lot more on Halliday's personal life and who he was as a person. Mm. which They I really developed him through the clues in, in a way that didn't happen in the yeah, book. In, yeah, in the book, he's like almost a non-factor. He's just like, I love the 80s. Yeah. Go. Go! And, but this is like his regrets, like that he liked a girl, but was like too obsessed with like his programming and too like... Introverted. Introverted to kind of deal with it. Then the girl ended up even marrying his best friend, <clears throat> but like he didn't really hold it against him. It was still his best friend, but then he did kick the friend from the business like like that story i liked mm-hmm. and it also like i said it added it added like a bit of a like a, like a rhyme and a reason to the clues mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like man figure out tomb of horrors like in this version of the of ready player one no 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 it, in the book they played D together the three of them that's why it's why it's D, but it doesn't necessarily like why it was tomb of horrors or other than mm. it was just like iconic like zork was just like okay it's because he played zork like, do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... But there was at least a background reason for them... A little bit, but not nearly D&D. as strong as it was in the movie. Like, it was like a plot point in the movie that these things were about events in his life that were important to him. As opposed so, to just uh, stuff he liked. Yeah. Like, in the book, it was really just, like, his favorite stuff is kind of keyed into the keys, you know? <clears throat> like, which is... There was also more of them, right? So it kind of, like... Yeah. You know, it, it, stre- it, it stretched out yep. the, the character connection into those things a little yeah. bit. When, it, when it's all compressed into just three and it's like, bam, 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 in, in, in an hour and a half of watching it, like it you feel like it, it means more somehow. Yeah. I said, I like the holiday yeah. storyline. The performances were also fine. I thought the actors were okay. Yeah. The, the romance angle was like it was not a great romance in the book. No. It was uh, a terrible romance in the book. But, it was it, like, but like, like a major flaw of the book was that romance angle. Yeah. I love you. Leave me alone. Why don't you love me? I love you now. <laughs> like, that, that was it. Like, um, Artemis is... You, you've read the book more recently than I have. Like, yeah. is Ar- Artemis involved with the Freedom Fighters? No. No? Okay, so, like, yeah, in the... She's mo- a gunter. Yeah, 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 but yeah. that's it. But, like, like in the movie... That's mo- it. In the movie, she's, like... She's actively opposed to, like, IOI because, like, IOI is trying to, like, take over. Like, oh, I mean, she's a blogger. Yeah. And she's... But, like, she's a gunter. Yeah, blogs. Yeah. She's oh, not. like she's like a top level gunter in this also, but like, yeah. but in the real world, she's like against the company that's also trying to like take over the world, which I thought was kind of a neat little spin. Like yeah. it gave her motivation other than just being a really good gunter. Like she was like, she's like, I'm doing this to make sure that the Sixers do not get control of the Oasis because that will be like the end of our society. You know, like she's like not just like to become a trillionaire. She's yeah. like, this w- This is like the worst thing that could happen to humanity if mm. the Sixers are the ones They really did not develop a lot about what like a robust impact the the, the Oasis has had on civilization. Well, like, that, it really feels like a game in the movie. So that, that was, it was really interesting because uh, yeah. I hung yeah. out with Alex Rose just because Alex Rose had only seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry to cut you off, but it yeah. was just like, and that's an outlook that neither, none of us would have. Mm. And he was like, he did not get at all that the Oasis was like everything yeah it's like it, it's never explained yeah, yeah it's just like it's the movie kind of presents it like yeah you go you go to the oasis to have fun so he's like okay so it's just like a gaming thing and i was like no i was like in the book it's like school and in the book it's like it's clearly it's a platform for everything like if you go to work you go to work in the oasis mm-hmm. like you go to school you go to school in the oasis like it's it's a platform people don't leave their houses because right. you stay in the Oasis. Whereas like, in the movie, it's very much like, it seems like just like a gaming platform. What's crazy is they show, they have that really good sequence it's at the like start. It's like WoW plus Facebook in the movie. Y- y- well, no, but it's like every game. It's, it's just like it's a just real... It's just games, It's though. just like if yeah. you imagine, like, it's a really good, all like, immersive VR. MMO, yeah. 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 It's not... Ex- they could have used, like, three lines of dialogue throwaway somewhere, just, like, explaining how, how big of an impact it is. During that montage, at the start, they show him, like climbing out of the stacks and he's like yeah. going by open windows of all the stuff that, that's happening inside and it gives like a little windows into everybody's little shitty lives in the stacks they could have put it there a little thing yeah, saying yeah, yeah. every one of these people is doing their daily business in the in the, the oasis yep and they didn't so that and and, and it's I mean, confusing and, and that little nuance kind of like 
adds a lot to the story that the movie kind of like missed out on. I think that like how big of an impact is it if this evil shitty corporation takes over a video game yeah. versus this evil shitty corporation takes over everybody's school everywhere? Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So. Which, I mean, Artemis seemed to realize that, but the movie didn't. She was an interesting character, I found, kind of more so than uh, Parsifal. Yeah. He didn't get a lot of character. Yeah, exactly. He was just a big big old nerd. And they were like, I know you can do it because you're the biggest nerd. Basically, <laughs> it was like, like, that's like literally the point of the film. Yeah. Like, like it's going to be you who finishes it because you're the biggest nerd of them all, Parsifal. <laughs> yeah. What about his uh, infiltration of the Sixers? That's a big part of the book that is weird. In the book, they, it's it's weird. In the movie, it's not him. What actually happens is they have uh, they they establish a thing that I don't think exists in the book called like loyalty centers, where they essentially you end up in debt to IOI and then you end up in like forced labor within the oasis. That's in the book. To, okay, so yeah, so they capture Artemis and put her into one of those, and then they like hack the loyalty center to get Artemis into the center kind of thing like that's sort of the angle that the movie goes so his infiltration of it goes through artemis getting essentially like arrested for like loyalty fraud because she owes ioi money so it's not it's not parzival's genius plan to like gain access to the inner network no that's in the book well it kind of works out being that way right because she gets the password from parzival yeah exactly because at one point uh so it's like taking a plot from the book and giving it to the, the girl to give her something to do Kinda, that's a little bit. Not the worst. Yeah, honestly, I thought that was a good. That's scene not the worst. Yeah. And on, honestly, Artemis is a more competent hero than Parzival in the yeah. film. In the whole yeah. film, like Parzival is just the guy. Well, like Parzival's strengths are, he's like really, really studious about the Gunter stuff, and seems to like connect with Halliday on a personal level, yeah. which lets him kind of figure out the clues. Uh, whereas Artemis is better at everything else. Like that's like in terms of the dynamic, which I had no problem with. Like <coughs> better just making like male protagonist good at everything. Like. I feel like we're talking a lot about the stuff that happens, and yep. I like a lot less about the overall tone of the film. Yep. I, I didn't find it that like all in all, I w- I'm like sitting there, I'm seeing this big glitzy special effects yep. extravaganza. I don't care about any of the characters. I'm a little bummed that the like it's like a stripped down version of the book. I was I was just like not not excited the whole way through. I had I mean like I had a really good time watching it. There's yeah. so much eye candy going on. Like like we when we came yeah. out of it, it was like you, me, and Andrew. Like we had all seen different things. Yeah. Like, Andrew was like, I was like, oh, yeah, and they're the Battletoads. And Andrew was like, I did not see the Battletoads. I'm like, no, there were definitely the Battletoads. There was a lot. A lot <laughs> yeah, of little yeah. stuff. There's just, like, so much stuff that's just kind of all over the place. But in a weird way, it's not as indulgent as I thought it would be. Hmm. Like, it's very indulgent, yeah. but, like, into the 80s stuff. But it's just, it's backdrop, mostly. Yeah. Like, right. it's it's not like, it's not like, <clears throat> if you, like, do you get this? Do you get this? It's just like, no, people's, like, weapons and stuff are, like, the Gunter stuff is 80s tinted, and it kind of goes out of the way that not everybody is 80s tinted. Yeah. Because, like, there's other people that are into it. It's only really the Gunters that are heavily into the 80s. That's the other thing, too, is that... Well, I, I mean... What? It, the fact that they're taking out, like, the really nuanced, inaccessible nostalgia. Yeah. Tomb of Horrors, Joust. Zork. War Games, <laughs> yeah, Zork. Yeah. And replacing them with... Race cars that someone's going to recognize at least one of them. Yeah. And The Shining. Yeah. Like, but, but, I mean, but they're, they, they, they did spend, like, I, a couple hundred million what you, dollars. What are you saying on, about on making that? a movie. They well, can't, they can't they're not making a the niche. Audience. Yeah, but I'm just saying, but, like, the... Well, but, the they alienate the audience of Ready Player One, who is a book that appeals to an alienated audience. I don't know. The movie made $300 million, and I feel that if the first 20 minutes of it was just him walking slowly through the Tomb of Horrors, it would not make, have made $300 yeah, but they million. Yeah, they could have made it in a way that it was not stupid, and in a way that did not kind of betray the point of the book. Like, maybe people don't need a thing that's made just for them, that's accessible to them. Maybe it was, like, interesting and fun to step into some other world of people who are, like, crazy intense about the shit that's different. Maybe. In a sense, like, I, I'm, I'm so bummed by the Steven Spielberg sheen, the glossiness yeah. over everything. Yeah, that, but, like... like Supida Man instead of Iron Giant. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, but apparently uh, they couldn't get the rights to that. Well, they it's couldn't get the rights to Ultraman. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Which is very strange because in like the last combat, it's also not a giant robot combat. It's just a big combat, which yeah. is kind of like a bummer. Because, Fair. Huh? Fair. Which is also kind of worse because it's like the, the race is like very cool to watch. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg Glitzfest, very cool to watch. The Zero-G dancing was very cool. The oh Shining. You thought that was cool? I was like, "What is this? It's like it's like 2006 CG spinning around in the sky." Yeah, but I'm oh, just saying that at man. least it looked kind of different. I guess. Versus 
the the shining thing was super cool. I really that was like super the shining cool. Thing. No, yeah, but question. then the last fight was the fight we've seen in every Lord of the Rings movie. Of just like people, just big like, armies Pow. smashing into and each other. And I was other. like, uh, I was like, like whatever you want to say about the zero G dancing. At least they were like trying to do like neat shots and like whatever. Versus literally, it was Lord of the Rings <coughs> in the last fight. Like yeah. that was kind of well. bummer. But anyway, so, so they didn't have the giant robot fight. Nope. Well, did they, they have Mechagodzilla? They had Mechagodzilla, and he fights a Gundam. That's like that's their nod with an Iron Giants around. That's that's like one small part of this like gigantic also, ass battle that's yeah. going on, and that was. Uh, pretty but cool. anyway, but inexplicably, he can only be he, like uh, Daito or whatever can only transform into Gundam for thirty seconds, and I was like, that's not a Gundam thing. I was like, that's an Ultraman thing. Yeah. I was like, what do you? It's like it's just I was like, you just just decided to put that in it, and everybody else like Iron Giant isn't Iron Giant for thirty seconds. Mechagodzilla isn't Mechagodzilla for thirty seconds. I was like, you just have a really crappy item in the Oasis. <laughs> it's very. It's just like weird that they just like threw that in there. Yeah, like they. I was like, it's a really weird choice. They should have just gotten like a like a Mario power up mushroom to make him extra big. Yeah, or an invincibility star. Like, because like that's timed, yeah. right? Like, uh, yeah, like an invincibility. Yeah, doing flips and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Like an invinci- Like some something that has like I'm sure there was like another reference that has a time based. Like element to it, but no. They're like transform into a Gundam, but it can only be a Gundam for a minute or whatever. But the Gundams other... aren't even that big compared to Mechagodzilla. No, and, and he's not. To be fair, like he's he's quite a bit smaller than Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the other thing that I, John you pointed out, um, yeah. the tone. I would say the the, the most like egregious Spielbergism of the film is the like the, the tone and style of the, the real sidekick world. of the real world. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real world is just, like, when I read the book, the real world was, like, Blade Runner in my mind. Like, it was always dark and it was always raining, mm-hmm. basically. In the real world in Ready Player One, the film, it kind of looks like Back to the Future 2's future. Which is not necessarily, like, not accurate, I guess, to the book. But it's also, like, it just seemed, like, glossy and, like, it didn't seem like that bad of a place. Even the stacks didn't seem like, like that bad sta- of a place. The stacks and they're seemed full like of more trash. like a big goonie hideout. It totally seemed like yeah. a big goonie hideout. <laughs> like people climbing up and under and little <laughs> And there's little, there. s- little slide poles and yeah, whatever, yeah. and it's all fun. It, it, like, mi- it missed that like, contrast of like the grimness of the real world with... Why you spend all your time yeah, in Yeah, why oasis. you would want yeah, to. Yeah. And then, I guess, weirdest of all is mm-hmm. that just randomly at the end, they're like, oh, after he wins and all that. So we made a few changes, and they were like... And we shut it down on Tuesdays and Thursdays now, so you can spend time in the real world. You Thanks, spend too much Steven. time on your phone, Sky. <laughs> but no one in, in the book world wants that. No one wants that. Because the world's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, the heroes don't want that. The gunters don't want that. <laughs> the villains don't want that. Yeah. I really want to hear Ernest Klein say why he let that get in. Like he, he's actually he has a writing he, he has credit, a writing on, this credit thing. on it. And he I know. Yeah. So he him the book that he wrote finishing with the line we close it on Tuesdays and Thursdays so people can go outside. Yeah. Like what the fuck, man? Here, That's here, weird. I will explain to you the situation. There's a scene in The Simpsons. Does it involve money getting sh- dump trucked into his backyard? Yeah. You know, yep. like in, in The Simpsons when they go to Fox Studios and like and like Matt Groening's like, no, I won't do it. You can't make me do it anymore. And they're like, it's happening again. And the Fox exec <laughs> just like shoot a bag of money and like bowl him over <laughs> in his office. He's like, five more seasons. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. And he's making Ready Player Two. He's writing Ready Player Fucking Two, the book, and like, I mean, I, I mean, it's good on. So like, I just, it's fun. Right. Like, I don't, don't for a second pretend you would not like sell out in every possible manner. Yeah, Absolutely, exactly. And you're like, you're now a like a nerd author, rock star, like millionaire. And then I, like, I, I still think you're allowed I have to always be criticized in that fucking state by oh. getting to be a, a nerd author rock star and then being fucking bullshit with your movie you adaptation. You can absolutely be criticized well, and then people console himself by like driving around in his trucks of money. <laughs> what, a, what a garbage comment. Hey, thanks for coming to this dark room and watching a movie. It takes you away to another world. But you should probably not do that and go outside. <laughs> Fuck you. I just paid $15 to watch this shit. <laughs> now you're going to call me a loser for doing it? Fuck yep. you. <laughs> uh, See, so yeah, I would... That's um, bullshit. I fucking hate that. I would like... I've, I've been recommending it to people, uh-huh. all that to say, where it was like, it is like, in in many ways, it is a very faithful, faithful to the, a lot of the tone of the book, which was just sort of like, the book is not a great book, but it's really fun to watch. This is not a great movie, but it's really fun to watch. Like, mm. it 
had a two hour and twenty minute runtime, and it didn't really feel like it dragged at any point. Like, no, I felt like it dragged. The the racing scene at the start dragged. The long dancing scene in the in the thing dragged. The fight at the end dragged. Hadn't kicked in yet. And then it was wearing off. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man. It like was long enough for it to kick in and then wear off. They're, they're big, like schmaltzy CG yeah. scenes that just like hadn't it, like part of what kept me going in the book. The fun of it mm-hmm. was like getting all of those references and getting caught up in somebody being into stuff that I was into. And then this was clearly like a transposition of that into a more palatable format for other people. I was like, okay, I guess the movie's not for me. Nah, like I'm I said, okay I, with I, that, but it wasn't fun. Thanks for buying the book, but now we're going to sell it to your parents. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I like I said, there was the, enough eye candy and enough '80s references thrown in the background that I kept me going, and the scenes looked fun enough to make me watch it. Okay. Uh, somewhere around Jurassic World is what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling. Like, that feels okay. Uh, Where's Jurassic World? Thirty, forty, fifty. Well, maybe closer 70 to Star Wars. Jurassic World. I could see. I could go higher than that. Star maybe. Wars: Force Awakens is kind of also not a terrible idea. I would say it a little below Baby Driver. Oh, Force Awakens and Ready Player One are like hitting the same part of your brain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember this thing you love? That's a, Here's more I'm, of it. I'm yeah. kind of in that zone, I think. Okay. It's kind of the same thing with Baby Driver in a lot of ways, where yeah. you're like style over substance. Uh, I would, I would kind of put it over TMNT. I would think mm-hmm. above Baby Driver, below Top Gun. Top Gun? Below above, Top Gun. Above. I don't know. Does Ready that seem Player right one. to you? It does seem right to me. Yeah. Like, now, now, here's the thing. I would probably go back and watch Ready Player One before I would watch Top Gun again. What about Star Wars? But that said, I think Top Gun might. Yeah, but how many times longer. have you seen Top yeah, Gun? Yeah, that's it. Like, I feel like Top Gun will survive longer. What about than also one? Th- but that is also below Wonder Woman, right? That's the zone. Yeah. Because I kind of see it maybe a little bit underneath Star Wars The Force Awakens. And that's why, like, my zone. There's like a three movie thing. So. I also didn't see Wonder Woman. So. Yeah, I wouldn't put it above sneakers. I mean, I could I could probably be convinced to put it above Rogue One, but I know you really loved it. Oh, Rogue One's high. Rogue yeah. One's high. We're talking about The Force Awakens at 48. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I mean, easily not put much it, higher. I would easily put it right under there. I'm okay with right that. Under yeah, right under? Yeah, uh, under Force Awakens. Right above under Wonder Star. Woman. Yep. Neat. Also, Sarah and I went on a super romantic date, you guys. Uh-huh. To go Congratulations. See, to go see The Strangers 2, Pray at Night. And the reason it was a romantic date is because 10 years ago, in March, or April, I guess. No, I think it might have been March. Sarah and I went on our first date to go see Strangers 1 with Liv Tyler. And then 10 years later, they made the sequel. So we went to go see it in theaters. Isn't that adorable? So I think there might be people in the audience who are not aware of what Strangers Strangers, Strangers 1 2. is honestly one of the, probably, I would say, the best, the best like, no-frills home invasion film. Where there are no twists... Mm-hmm. There are no like, there's no like, uh, supernatural thing. There's it's just like you're a, there's Liv Tyler in the house, and then three psychos are like, we're just gonna mess around with you in this house until you die. Like that's <laughs> that's the story, and there's like and there's nothing more to it than that. So and I liked it a lot. Obviously, as as many home invasion films arise a lot on like jump scares mm-hmm. and like the them like inex like. Just like basking in the like that they're just inexplicably messing with this person, you're like, is there uh, like a motive to these murderers? No, nope. there is not. Excellent. Like, I kind of like, appreciate that in a funny games kind of way. You yeah, know, like, exactly. It's like, like sometimes, like, like you don't need to. I, I'm yeah. not entirely sure if the, it's in the movie or whatever, but I'm like in my memory, it was like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they're like when she's like, "Why me?" and they're like, "You were home." Like huh. that's all. That is all it takes to have like a stranger's scenario. Uh, and the second one is them, same same killers, mm-hmm. messing around with a family in a uh, basically in like kind of like a summer, a summer trailer park, like a place that people kind of like rent these trailers and like with a pool and all that stuff in the woods. And mm-hmm. it's like it's on Labor Day weekend, so it's closing down. They're just there because the daughter uh, misbehaves and is getting sent to boarding school, and it's like their aunt or uncle that like run the place. So they're like. We're doing a road trip instead of staying in a hotel. We're just going to stay at this like closed down mm-hmm. trailer situation, and then the strangers are just like, "We are here," and then okay. they just. So how does it rate to to uh, perhaps like what are other good it's, invasion? It's, it's movies? much worse than the strangers. <laughs> like it's it, it it's a fun movie. It takes too long. It's and it only runs at like eighty minutes, which wow. is which That's is like 
It's next to nothing. Risk pace. And, and considering that, like, the, the beginning seems too long, mm-hmm. like, you're spending too much time with the characters, when the characters are not important, like, if you ask me anything about Liv Tyler's character in The First Strangers, I'm like, I don't know. She was home. Like, I have as much information as the strangers do. Yeah. Like, you kind of, like, you find out about her life like tangentially in the movie like you find out oh like when she calls her husband that she's engaged so like it like creates a bit of the backstory as it goes Mm -hmm. but like the strangers show up very early in the first movie like and you kind of find out about you kind of want to get to them you know like isn't that kind of the point and then also in strangers 2 the ending drags on too long and like the the main stranger the the man with the burlap bag over his head Mm -hmm. like basically is supernatural by the end of it like he's just eating so much damage and just like still coming and I'm like they were never, like, he's not Mike Myers or Voorhees. He's a dude. Maybe like, they're trying to make a, a monster movie out of it. Maybe, but it's just like, it was like kind of like a bummer. The, the, I would, it has a good 40 minutes in it. Like, there's mm. a good 40 minutes, which I mean is more than a lot of horror movies Half have. is a lot. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, if, if our politicians were half as, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like, good. like one, when it, when, when they start showing up and they start messing with the people up to before they get like OP. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a good, like hunted person completely with like no resources like trying to trying to just get out there so mm-hmm. i mean if you haven't seen any of them go watch the strangers if you really enjoyed the strangers watch strangers too but like there's kind of no need to necessarily watch the sequel like mm-hmm. we just and even having read the reviews i was kind of like we don't really need to see this but then like we did because it was our first date because it was kind of cute uh ranking it yeah so classic uh well let's roll the sequels to a classic a sequel to below chappy um, <laughs> I would even below Winchester. Whoa! There Paranormal we Activity Ghost Dimensions. No, it's much better than Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimensions. That's what I said. I was like, bo- after we got below Winchester, it got real crap. That's real under a hundred, yo. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at at horror movies here. Yeah, but what I'm saying like Win- Winchester isn't too bad because remember it had 40 good minutes, and then when I'm looking at Ghost in the Shell 2017, I'm like, did Ghost in the Shell 2017 have 40 good minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did Flatliners have 40 good Evil minutes? Dead is number 79. It's below Evil Dead. It's certainly below Okay, Evil okay. Dead. We're down in that territory. Yeah, yeah, it, it is not a great horror movie. What, okay, if it was original Flatliners. No, no, no. We're talking about we're the talking remake. About the remake <laughs> Flatliners. I'm looking at Kickboxer Vengeance. Okay. It might be, it might be above Kickboxer Vengeance. Like it might, no, it might, I kind of like Kickboxer Vengeance. I kind of like Strangers too, man. Like, I'm, like, right. I'm not... It ha- I mean, much like Kickboxer Vengeance, it has its problem, but it's a mostly entertaining film. Like, it's like... Hmm. <laughs> That's I'm okay with that. I don't. I don't have a yeah, horse cool. race. Yep. Kickboxer yep. Vengeance and Cropsey. Uh, no, I said above Kickboxer Vengeance. Above Between kickboxer. Flatliners, Between the flat 2017, boxes. and Kickboxer Vengeance. And now, one of the things that was exciting is I'll take my hat off boop, boop, mm-hmm. to Cineplex uh, because they did something that I feel that I feel they always try to do, but they don't always like succeed they broke into your house while you were out at the movie that they only had trailers for (laughs) upcoming horror movies playing in front of strangers so I was like I was like excited I was like cool I'm like A like sets the tone like (laughs) and B you think coming this I think that was they couldn't get anybody to pay money to put coming this summer The Incredibles 2 get ready for strangers 2 watching the trailers have you uh, heard about the movie that just came out this weekend A Quiet Place the what? A Quiet Place. A quiet the place. John, oh, John Krasinski. Krasinski's horror movie. Yeah, and he yeah. hired a deaf girl for it. And apparently it's great. Yeah, apparently it's fantastic. And supposedly, uh, it is, like, for a vast majority of it, literally a silent film. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like they are... So the the, the basic premise, if, I guess, like kind of spoilers for the overall plot, which I'm sure is the kind of established the first five minutes, is it's day 90... Of an alien invasion, where if you imagine like xenomorph-style aliens, but that only have a sense of hearing. Holy shit! So like absolute murder aliens, but that do not see. So like they quickly just like decimate humanity, but like the people that are kind of around realize that like we can maybe survive if yeah, we're just like, fucking quiet. Yeah, you can yeah. survive if you uh, make zero sound. So that's like the kickoff point of the movie. Is it's like Earth is just like obliterated right off the bat because it's been ninety days of like. Imagine, like, an army of xenomorphs showing up. Like, how quickly they rip through soft humans. Sure, like, sure. Especially when all of our weapons make noise and everything. <laughs> like, like huh. any retaliation. So then, like, the survivors are just, like, living in silence. And apparently, just for, like, such a long stretch of the film, 
occurs in absolute silence. Like like every, like most of the dialogues in sign language and all that stuff. That's like, amazing. Yeah, yeah. They have like the thing on the path where it's like they have like little like patches of salt across all the paths, so it makes like even like your footsteps make less noise and stuff. Like apparently it's sure. super fun, super super engaging. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, excited to yeah, see, I see a quiet place. The other one that I saw that looks amazing, I read about it when it was at Cannes and apparently it like blew people away. Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Don't, I haven't heard a thing. What yeah, is it? Yeah. Uh, Google, if you're a horror fan, uh, Google the Hereditary trailer and you'll watch it and you'll be like, what? Like, it looks like... it. One of the few trailers where I'm like, where you're watching it and you're like, what am I watching? Like, it just like, <laughs> it seems like insane. It's like... But in a good way or a bad way? In a really good way. Like, I was like, it just has stuff kind of all over the place. It, um... Basically, the premise is that, like, um, a grandmother dies, and the grandmother was, like, I think important to the daughter, and the mother, uh, like, like kind of spends a lot of time at work sort of thing. So mm. it's like the grandmother dying kind of is the catalyst for the mother spending more time with her own daughter because okay. the grandmother was, like, taking care of the girl. And the grandmother makes, like, these weird little dollhouse miniatures, and then, like, it kind of, like, comes out in the story that, like, the grandma was, like, insane and psychotic and possibly, like training the little girl to be like insane and psychotic huh. so there's like scenes in like the trailer of her just like like a, a bird smashes into a window and then it's her trying to like cut the bird's head off with scissors later like from the dead bird and stuff Neat. and you're just sort of like yeah exactly huh? Huh? and apparently it messes a lot with like what is real and what's not real and then there's like scenes that take place within the dollhouses even though it's the real characters in the dollhouses because she made all these dollhouses of the people around her but then they like start to go crazy and they're in like, it looks huh. very very like weird and twisted you just saw the trailer or did you yeah, see the just movie yeah I've just seen the tra- trailer it's not out yet but okay. yeah just a, another it looks like and supposedly based on the the Cannes reaction and stuff people are like it's like an absolute like it's a like capital F horror film awesome like it's, it's like been a while like, since yeah, 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 I think yeah, yeah. we had one of those and I was like perhaps mm-hmm. perhaps succeeding where Mother failed. Yeah, I was going to say, that that one like had a lot of hype going into it, and it just petered up very yeah, quickly. Yeah. I didn't see it, though. I, I really wanted yeah. to. Yeah. We, sh- we, should watch, we should watch Mother. Yeah. The other movie that I saw that just came out this wow. week okay. was Blockers. Blockers. I saw Blockers, you guys. Starring, what is Blockers? Starring WWE superstar John Cena. Oh. <laughs> so it's like the Marine. Yeah, it is a lot like the Marine. Yeah. Five. Marine dad. <laughs> Marine dad five. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Like, so if you watch the trailer for the blockers, it's a bunch of girls uh, who decide that they're all going to lose their virginity on prom because they are a bunch of teenage girls. And they mm-hmm. were like, one of them is going to do it all romantic. And then the other one's like, yeah, I just want to get it done with before I get to college. So I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then the other girl is like, I would like to have a shared experience with my best friend. So I'm also in. So Kay. they kind of enter into a sex pact. And what the movie does, what 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 it kind of ends up being is a... In my opinion, less funny version of Superbad, mm-hmm. but still funny. So, I mean, oh, like, these chicks running around trying to get laid. Yeah, exactly, and like like misadventures while their parents are trying to stop them from having sex because their parents are doing. Are they're like, no, right. our teenage girls, we need to preserve their innocence. But what it ends up being is like super weirdly progressive. Like the parents realize that you know they wouldn't necessarily be doing that way if it was boys, and then the girls are also like they're all, like the plot line is them losing their virginity, but there's like no slut shaming in it mm-hmm. or anything. Like it's not like oh they're doing it to be promiscuous. Like they're like no, we're doing it to like. To do it, progress in life. Yeah, exactly. To like to get to the next stage of what is expected from us. So yeah, like, um, yeah. I this sounds so unappealing to me. It in every way. It is. Here's my recommendation for it, Uh and I don't need to talk about it anymore. I I give the super bad reference. It's a lot like super bad with girls, Uh, and there are worse movies to watch on an airplane. Oh right. (laughs) Does that that go on the list? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's start at Mordecai. I was, I was like, a b- it was not bad. Like that's what I cannot, like I can't. People are like, that doesn't sound very good. But I'm like, yeah, but it's also not bad. Where's Mordecai? <laughs> no, because I'm looking at like Mordecai's X-Men Apoc- 106. X Men Apocalypse was bad. I mean, it was like actively hostile to people maybe who maybe movies. it goes right above X Men Apocalypse and below <laughs> Escape from Planet Earth. Uh-huh. Kids movie with a bunch of B-listers. Scott. Oh wait, hang on, hang on. It might go above Ferdinand. A little John Cena patch there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I'm saying. It might go above Ferdinand. Hold on, hold yeah. on. You can't, you can't bust up the, the integrity of the list to get John Cena's together. No, but no, but I can because I can say it's a better John Cena film than Ferdinand. You haven't seen Ferdinand, yeah, but so you can't. But John or you said, can, but it's but just Scott, silly. Scott said that it wasn't very good. 
He said, I had to watch this film, and I wish I didn't. See, Ferdinand <laughs> sounds like a bad movie. I don't wish that. I didn't see Blockers. I was like, if Blockers was on television and I was bored, I would not watch it again, but I would watch it for the first time. You're still time. only arguing this because you want to patch your scenes together, as opposed to you no, have a I, I literally just read the thing of, like, I wish I didn't have to see it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I did not it, feel it that... Does, what Keith is saying does kind of sound like Rush, which is immediately above Ferdinand right now. <laughs> yeah, but that, I watched it because it was on. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then, uh, exactly. Like I didn't. After I saw Blockers, I wasn't like I wish I didn't do that. Right. I was like that was okay. Okay, okay. So, so yes. below, below rush, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, John Cena is a fun segue. We're not actually going to talk about WrestleMania. You can if you want to, buddy. This but we is have your a whole podcast. wrestling podcast. But we do want to really talk is about today is <laughs> the UFC. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, UFC. So th- this <laughs> is fun. Scott, do you want to do a rundown? Can we? I don't even. Oh, I don't what? even know the exact order of events that started here, right? Because there was one of one of the people from. Um, Wait. So Conor McGregor had been a really long time since he'd won his title. Yeah. He went and had a boxing match instead. Yep. They stripped the, they stripped the title from him for basically him not defending it for almost almost two years, almost two years. <laughs> yeah. I mean that makes Jack sense for defend his title. I mean that makes sense for a, a fight promotion. If yep. If the the belt is on someone who is not defending it, then it goes away. Take the belt off him. Yeah. So that pissed off Conor McGregor. Is yeah. that? I, I think this starts with a fight between one of Conor's buddies. Yeah. Right. It was going to be. Um, it was going to be uh, Khabib. I cannot pronounce his last name. Versus Artem Lobov. So they were getting ready to hype up UFC tw- two twenty three. They were going to be having that fight. Uh, Inexplicably, Khabib and his boys showed up. They were all staying, first of all, they all stay at the same hotel. Yep. Khabib shows up and, and literally, like, slaps around Lobov, like, in the face. Did you see the videos? Yeah. It wasn't quite a slap. It was, yeah. it was like a condescending yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like a, wasn't like roughing him up. Yeah, not but it at was all. Cer- but it was certainly like schoolyard bullying with grown men. For sure. And it yeah. was like as as much designed to humiliate him as possible. Yeah, it, it, he was calling him out in a very direct and, and yeah. obvious way. Yeah. So Artem Lobov is Conor McGregor's bestie. So he, I guess, goes back to his hotel room and is like, Conor, this slapped me. <laughs> yep. And then Conor's like, gathers up like 20 like rough boys or whatever, charters a plane to New York City. It flies over. Flies immediately over to New York City the next day. Shows up unannounced at the press conference to UFC 223. Apparently had people at, like, Mac events who were, like, working the event at UFC because all the different companies are buddy-buddy to let him in. So, like, he had, like, he had men on the inside kind of thing who to, like, open up the side door for him and his rough boys to show up and just start screaming nonsense, like, hijacking the entire press conference. Mm -hmm. And then when a bunch of fighters try to leave in a tour bus, Connor and the rough boys run down into the parking lot and P- Connor picks up a dolly, like a moving dolly, and then just like chucks it up at a bus, shatters the window, and cuts like two different fighters inside. One of them in the face, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. You got like eye if injuries. You have, if, yeah. if you have a bunch of open wounds and stuff, you don't get to fight the next day. So canceled two fights and changed another one. Yeah. Because of the investigation, Artem got stripped out, and uh, La Sienta, I think, Al Sienta fought Khabib instead of Artem. Yeah. Uh, it's so dumb. So I think this all the day before, and the then man. Conor McGregor got arrested. No, nope, <clears> a get warrant. Arrested. A warrant was put out. Conor for him. McGregor turned himself in, yeah. and was like, "Let go!" Like three hours later, on like, fifty thousand dollars bail. Yeah, but he, he was dropped, arrested. Like, he gives a shit about that. Like if he he carries fifty thousand dollars around in a backpack to like yeah. throw at people, possibly <laughs> to throw at buses. You know, <laughs> like, whatever it's Conor. So yeah, my my takeaway on all this is that the entire thing was probably a work until out in, until he broke the window yeah. and hurt two fighters. Because I think that like Conor McGregor showing up unannounced at a press conference just just increases buy rates because it makes it makes people care about Artem and Khabib in a way that like non UFC fans would not care about. Because mm-hmm. the whole to backtrack a little bit, Khabib is basically being groomed to beat Conor. Like, that's the booking that the UFC wants. Or at least... To in put, Russia, supposedly. Yeah, in yeah. Russia. and at, Or at the very least, like, put on a show with Conor. Like, yeah. to, like to go five rounds and make it, like, a, yeah. like if Conor's going to win or not. But it's like, Khabib ha- is, like, is too, like, grappling and takedowns as Conor is to striking. So, like, he's not going to stand up there and punch him. He'll try to, like, take him down and make him tap. And Russia mm-hmm. will go bananas with the buy rates. 
So like this entire thing, I feel, is long-term WWE-style booking. But then Connor threw a thing through a window for no reason. And hurt people. And like, hurt people yeah, if real. he would have bounced it off the side of the bus. Yeah, if he'd have smashed in the taillight, it still yeah. would have been a headline. Like, yeah. Connor loses his mind. And, Destroys like, bus. Yeah. Th- like, think about what Dana now has available to him. He can just be like, okay, Connor, all that fucking money you made fighting Mayweather, you just killed one of my, one of my fucking UFC... UFC 223 was a total goddamn mess. Yeah, How they, many they, people they canceled they, they, their they, orders? They had like, last-minute sales on it. Like, Amazon Prime has, like, a special rate. To whatever. try and get it, yeah, get yeah, it sold. To try and get buy rates up. Yeah. So well, so they're going to sue Connor for fucking all of that money. Or Connor's going to say, I will fight Khabib at UFC 220-whatever. And then Dana will be like, okey-doke. Okay. I mean, that also <laughs> might happen. But <laughs> I don't know, man. He will happen. A lot of people. Like, every time Connor would do something stupid in the news. I'm on the UFC subreddit for some reason. Yeah. And, like... I don't follow it super tightly, but every time he does something stupid, there's a lot of people who step up being like, nope, that's his game. He's just, like, drawing attention to himself. He's playing it properly. It works for him. He's going to yep. keep doing it. Well, and nobody is defending him now. Yeah, yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike Jackson, uh, who's an MMA reporter slash amateur fighter who's actually going to be fighting CM, CM Punk. CM Punk. Cool. <laughs> in, yeah. At 225. He's it, the one. He had a fight with Mickey Gall to see who was going to fight yeah. CM Punk. Yeah. Lost. Yeah, and now he has to fight him. And now he's going to fight. He's going to fight him amazing. anyway. He, he also, he, yeah, he is great. And like they were, like they they talked about it because it was like his, he was one of the fights on the press conference that got hijacked. And they were like, well, how did that make you feel? And he's like, that Conor McGregor like jacked my press conference. He's like, that's just that's part of UFC these days, man. He's like, <laughs> Conor McGregor could jack your press conference. That's a thing that could happen at any time. They're like, well, how did you get there? And he's like, it's it's a combination of two things. They're like, one, Conor McGregor, up until very recently, was a legit like Irish street thug who mm-hmm. got into fights for no reason. And if one of his buddies was wronged, he would gather up a bunch of his buddies. It's like a pride thing. You go yeah. and you defend your buddy, no matter the fuck what. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, he does have that mentality, and he's like, he's also a very like smart, rational person. And that smart, rational side says, every time you do something stupid, you get headlines and get paid more. So he's like that rational side that should stop him. Just as like, yeah, make, go ahead. That sounds good. Yeah, this will make headlines and this will be fine. Like, like I, I would, I would even be surprised. Like, obviously, it's I guess like reaching like conspiracy levels. Like, mm-hmm. I would be surprised if Dana didn't like low key okay the entire thing until until he accidentally until, until he threw the dolly yeah five feet higher than he should have yeah and I mean and and in Connor's uh, not necessarily defense but by way of explanation, I once punched a window and like punched through the window. Okay. And there is a thing that happens when you're, like, angry and all fired up where you don't realize that a thing's going to happen. I don't necessarily think, like, in my mind, when I saw him throw the dolly and then, it, like, it went through the window, I was like, that's weird. You know what, like, I'm he not saying. probably thought it was going to bounce off. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was like, like, I would not have thought, like, just watching it happen, I would not have thought that the dolly would have gone through. And if I was, like, fired up Conor McGregor, I would have been like, maybe it'll crack the window or whatever. Like, it shatters and you're just sort of like, oh, no. Like, yeah. Like, I guess it's not necessarily an excuse. A guy was, like, throwing a steel thing at a place where people were surrounded by glass. Very dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I, if there was that little shred of rational Connor in there, I don't know if he thought it was going to break. The best I don't know, is if you watch, I don't know how much room there is for Connor with all of the drugs. I feel like that's got to be a big part of this story as well. You don't know mm-hmm. what he's on, and he has been caught doing all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know? The best is the, someone fi- one, of the, one of the cell phone footages of it is, like, filmed by a woman. Uh, and you just hear her voice as he throws the thing through and it smashes. You just hear this, like, like kind of just resigned, Oh, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you have the, like, UFC, UFC call of the year. Oh, Connor. <laughs> like, you dumbass. Uh, mm-hmm. Hilarity, UFC. But, I mean, UFC 223 was okay. For Did the, you watch it? I watched the Rose uh, fight. At least I watched. I watched Rose versus Joanna. Yeah, uh, I heard to, it hold. It held up. Like it, it was a long up. match. It, it Rose definitely won, but it was like she she had two, three, and four or something. Were like it was. Maybe uh, lost. She had a unanimous decision, forty nine, forty six. Okay, which means that she lost a round to Joanna. But it also means Joanna was still standing at the end of the fight, right? Yep. So it's not like yep. it wasn't like she clocked her the way she did in the other one and went two rounds. So it's like Joanna certainly held her own, mm-hmm. uh, and then but Rose was like Rose was absolutely the better fighter throughout it. But now the women's strawweight, flyweight, strawweight mm-hmm. division has like a problem because who's going to fight her? Well, not just exactly. They yeah. were like you have a ultra dominant champion in the form of Joanna who was like beating everybody. Rose was kind of being groomed to come up and fight Joanna, and it was like she ended up fighting Joanna a little earlier than expected. Hmm. But, like, so now you're kind of establishing that Rose is a top deal. And the fight was close enough that, like, 
with the right camp, Joanna could potentially like Come the rematch back. could yeah. potentially have the rematch. But then you might up you might end up with like a Woodley Wonderboy situation where you have two guys or two women on top of a division and no one else can touch them. And then when they fight each other, it gets more and more boring because it becomes more and more technical. More and more technical as they have each other like more and more scouted. Like already, this was a lot more technical than Mm -hmm. the first showing because they were both like, "Let's not." Joanna didn't want to make the same mistakes the first time, and Rose would know that and know that she wasn't going to get like a lucky tag the way she did the first time. I mean, Joanna could be very forgiven for thinking like she got knocked out by a a lucky hit and she just fucked it up in one moment. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. And I mean, but. Rose also adapted to that correctly. And like, for sure. Yeah, for Joanna sure. wasn't, like, Rose wasn't looking for that quick knockout. She was just looking to, like, sustain the pressure and stuff. It was a good fight. That fight was really, really good. Held up. Mm-hmm. Rose. Uh, what about Khabib? Huh? Uh, well, Khabib, that, it, that, and one of the reasons why I think that, again, this was not a work, because um, La Cienta just took, like, such a beating, but then also Khabib couldn't put him away. Which, hmm. like, downgrades Khabib's power level pretty badly. Like, Khabib should have just, like, Knocked him demolished the, the guy in within a round or two, or at least made him tap. Like, that was, like, his thing. Right. But, like, uh, Asienta, like, kept, like, being able to just, like, avoid the takedowns, like, stepping back real quick, hmm. whatever. So, it doesn't do a lot to sell Connor versus Khabib wow. down the road. Which Boy, that's a bit of a backfire yep. if uh, yeah, there yeah, was I one. Think that that's also the big, the big backfire, is huh. that, like, if he had, like, demolished Artem... Then, like, you would have had the storyline of, like, Connor going into, like, like, avenge his brother and, like, whatever. You would right. have had a lot of, a lot of good UFC talking points going into that one. That's okay. People are going to talk about this anyway. What a I guess. clusterfuck, you know? Yep. Uh, what else is going on, guys? We have a couple more minutes. Yep. Uh, the hockey season ended for the Montreal Scott, Canadiens. you want to talk about Jessica Jones, too? Did oh. you finish all of that? Um, I'm almost through it. I might get episode it's good. five, I want to say. It's good. It kind of yeah. carries on with what Punisher was doing and making things good again after the Iron Fist and Defenders not debacle? good. Yeah. Is it a debacle? Defenders. Failure. Failure. And Iron Fist were absolutely a failure slash debacle. Yeah. yeah. While Punisher was good. And Jessica Jones too is good. They're Jessica Jones was I think they're, my favorite. They're they're following up on Jessica Jones and not on Defenders. Yeah. They're just cool. like I actually think they're doing more film noir stuff in this than they did anywhere in the first the yeah. first season, like the music is, they're like she's actually investigating stuff. You well, know? the first like, season gets hijacked by Kilgrave pretty fast. Yeah. This which, does, which, which yeah. is good. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it played out well, but it kind of stopped being an investigation story in the first season. That's it. When Kilgrave showed up, it yeah. became yeah. A, like, here's this horrible thing that happened in my past that I need to deal with. Like, I'm, I'm kind of liking it. Like, there's, it, it still has big problems with dialogue. I find some of the characters are just really fucking poorly written, and her um, sidekick buddy can't deliver lines. No, no. He, just, he, is, he, he is a male model. That he is, is there. A, wow. <laughs> but why male models? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. But anyway, other than that, like, uh, it's like watchable. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you guys watch Punisher? No. no. Punisher is good. I, I, I abandoned the Netflix MCU uh, in the middle of Daredevil. I understand Daredevil that. season two. It started dragging out and getting loggy, sloggy in the middle. And I was like, eh. I was like, there are b- there's better TV for me to watch right now. There's so much better TV. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I dropped a bunch of the superhero stuff recently, so I got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, is just a hard pass now. Where is it now? What season? Five. Holy shit. And they, they're they in f- space. A thousand years in the future. Really? It's just... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it went... It looks like a sci-fi show now. Like, not, like not science fiction. Yeah, S.Y.F.Y. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't look look good. It's God, that's kind of tragic. I, I, watched, yeah. I, I enjoyed the first season. I mean, it's like campy, messy, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. and it was kind of fun. The like the superhero sidekick team go secret agents in a Marvel world. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I uh, dropped Gifted, which was the the X Men one okay. with uh, Vampire Bill. Didn't you, but you had like high hopes for that. I I did. It was not. Oh, that's about didn't didn't deliver. Is that, it's Runaways. Like Runaways is the Amazon Prime Hulu. Okay. No Hulu. It's okay. a Hulu show. That one was good. I like okay. that season. Yeah, not really slow. Gotham I dropped is the other one. Yeah, yeah. You got two bananas. I'm watching Alias Grace. Alias Grace. CanCon, guys. So Margaret Atwood wrote this book about a girl who I think was sent to prison. I think it's a true story. In uh, Canada, in Toronto, in 
the 1700s or something. She was like a farm girl who was accused of murdering this guy that she was staying with and the woman that he was staying with. Okay. And then she was in prison from a very young age for many, many years. And it's kind of a horrible story about the prison system on a woman who was probably this, like, innocent girl yeah. who kind of got caught up in right. this. How do you watch it? Is it so on it was originally released on CBC. Okay. It was like a CBC-Netflix partnership. Okay. And then because it's in, we're in Canada, it was on the CBC only for a little while. So it has Anna Paquin in it. It has... Um, uh, it's directed by David Cronenberg. Weird. It's got Paul Gross. Remember Paul Gross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 From Due South. No, Canada's own. Paul Gross. Canada's own. Um, so it's like pretty, pretty heavy hitting for CBC content, okay. you know? And it, and like, it has a big problem with writing in the second episode, which I will bet turned a lot of people off to it. But it actually kind of stays interesting. It like gets better as it goes. Neat. I'm, I'm like actually enjoying a Canadian made TV show <laughs> for the first time in a long time. Uh, John. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned this. I guess we have a couple of minutes sure. to close off the show. Uh, I have now played a big box of board game at your house. Oh, yeah. Uh, you bought the much sought after internet going crazy for Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Scott, did you see the box of Gloomhaven? I saw the box of Gloomhaven. Yeah, exactly. It could hold a bowling ball comfortably. Maybe two. Maybe. I mean, I don't think it's cardboard, you guys. Yeah. Like, the bottom would fall <laughs> out. But it, like, it's, it's big enough it's, to it's hold a basket. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's pretty fucking big. If you yeah. bought a basketball in a box, that's kind of how big the box is for Gloomhaven. Anyway, yeah. what did you think? You enjoyed uh, it? I had fun with it. Do you want to present it? I, I read also a little bit about the story that this was a Kickstarter game. It was. and so It did super, super well. So I, I got it on the release after the Kickstarter okay. launch. They're like the first round of, of copies yeah. that went into stores. Largely designed by like one dude also. Yeah. Right? Like play tested, but designed by like a guy. So what it feels like is like a simplified um, Dungeons & Dragons Edition 4. Okay. Am I wrong? You can just yeah, crack yeah. it here. It's like a very simplified D&D. It's very focused on... It's like a board game, so you have little map tiles that go out, and then you have a character. Your character stays with you between different missions, and then the missions are all strung together into a storyline that I think can go like 40 or 50, maybe even all 90 of them in the book you can hmm. play through. So there's like a lot of content in there, and the, and the map tiles like reassemble into different pieces. There's... Yeah. I want to say 14 or 12 unlockable classes. You start with six classes already unlocked, so there's like a ton of extra content. There's like a big map with stickers that goes on it yep. to update where your ca- your party is and what they have access to. Yeah. It's pretty robust. Yeah, so for the, a board the, game, the yeah. thing that yeah, exactly. For f- like your thing like for a board game, what I thought uh like struck me the first time I played it yeah. was um how like how much kind of like they took from video games because like mm-hmm. the idea of like unlockable content is kind of new to board games like there's like the legacy games yeah. and stuff yeah. but there but also a lot of the legacy games end at like 10 15 runs you know or, yeah. or more for this to be like you could probably play this game like 200 times right oh like, for sure like without necessarily like burning it out because like it's like the, the missions are different the parties are different every time you play yeah. they're like i'm so i'm playing with debbie at the same time we have a party that has done probably yeah. 30 missions and yeah. like it's it's still fun and different every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it, but it, it seems a lot like they took a lot of like kind of like video game stuff, like unlockables. Like it's like having unlockable stuff in a board game. Like I've played with this character class enough. Yeah. That I've unlocked a new character. So you right. unlock a secret mission. You go in and you do the mission, and there's a chest at the end. You get the chest. It unlocks a random yeah. item design and a random other mission. So you yeah. go into the random items deck, and then you add you draw cards out of the random items deck, put it into your shop, and then all of the parties that are playing on the board game at the same time. So, like, not multiple parties playing the game simultaneously, but you can have multiple parties running around the campaign world the at world, the same yeah. time. Yeah. Each one unlocking stuff to go into the shop or unlocking new missions that the other party can now take advantage of. It's pretty neat. Yep. Yeah, Super it's cool. Fun. It's also, I was like, we would have, like, ate that game for dinner back at time. Oh, hell yeah. Like, it would have been like we're playing this multiple we times We would have just week. played it all fucking night with yeah, different and, parties. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Like, we'd have, like, multiple parties going on the same board, playing, like, five, six missions a night. Like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. haven't we haven't even talked about it yet, but there's solo missions you're allowed to do when you get to level five yeah. that, like, are each one is designed specifically for the class, and there's, like, one card selection pathway to get through it, you yeah, know? yeah. yeah. So there's, all, there's, like, a ton of content out for there. And he's releasing expansion packs, and there's free maps and shit you can get from people online. Like, it's just super there's cool. so much stuff to this. That's Fine. cool. And, the, like, the bottom line of it is that you have a hand of cards. The cards have... The cards um, are your powers. The cards are your powers. There's, like, a move on the top and a move on the bottom on each card. And right. every time you do a turn, you have to pair the top from one card with the bottom from another card. And okay. then every one of those pairings gets an initiative count. The monsters that you're fighting against each draw from a card from their own deck and get an initiative count. And then when you play the game, you just count up your, your initiative and go in order. You get to a player, he does his two actions. You get to a monster, he does what it says on the card. So it's like, actually running it is pretty simple when you know how all the cards work and how all the, the player powers work right. and stuff. Yeah. 
What's that? What's the the the, the, the full retail price tag on it? Uh, hundred and ninety. Okay. And then I think I paid another forty to import for it. shipping. For shipping. Not yeah. crazy. No. Like when you consider it, like a AAA video game these days runs like eighty bucks. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that's like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Th- like this is definitely premium <laughs> level board gaming. Yeah, but yeah. for like, like for sure, I've played thirty times with Debbie. Yeah, and then with different groups, even just with the group that I started up with you, there's been like eight eight plays of the game yeah. with four and people it's al- each. It's time. also not insane to think about the fact that if you buy like six D and D books, you're at that same. Like, yeah, yeah, like like six hardcover D and D books that all run forty, fifty bucks ish, maybe thirty. Like, but like to buy a, a solid set of D and D books is going to put you over two hundred bucks anyway. Sure, and this sure. is like. Twilight Imperium is starts at what one ten one fifteen around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I would absolutely say it's a good value. Like if you're gonna play this game, you're you're gonna get your time out of especially it. Especially like, so much. The the other thing too is I was like, especially for a group of people that like you, I, you see on like RD and D and stuff like that, being like, can't find anyone to DM a game. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like that's often like people who kind of want to play a, a Dungeons and Dragons ass game, but then like to find someone who's willing to like sit there and DM it. This game is just sort of like the game kind of DMs it. You are getting a D&D light. Yeah, very light. But, yeah. you know, you could kind of have like an itch to scratch with like a board game group. You could still be doing like a quest with your like little team. You could sit there and play 40, 40 missions like in a row. For sure. Like, and it, so I'm, I'm playing it. Right now the, the, the group that I'm running is kind of weekly, which I doubt that I'm going to keep it going weekly. But then I'm running it like whoever can show up. Just show up and we'll play a couple of missions. Yeah. So it's going to be different people every week. It's, I'm enjoying it. Yep. Cool. Closing thoughts. Scott. I almost threw up before I recorded this, so yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I made it to the end without throwing you're up. You're a lot less pale than you did at the start. It's a real. <laughs> what, 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 what was your miracle tonic? It was ginger beer. Yep. The old. This was the night Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.